You're listening to the number one FM food talk show in Hampton Roads, Grits with Deb and Fitz. Broadcasting to you live at the 757, home of fried blue crabs, Yakaman, and the birthplace of American barbecue. Get the inside scoop on the personalities shaping our food scene. Discover cheap and delicious meals available locally, and explore the unexpected ways food and culture intersect. Food talk, the way it should be. Pander free, no apologies. This is Grit with Deb and Fitz. Hey everybody, I'm Deb. Hey, and I'm Fitz. Hold on, before we get started, Nick, I need you to do me a favor. We got Mammoth Black coming on. Hit that track right now for me. Okay, hold on, hold on. I need a little bit more, a little bit more. Nick, hit it again. All right, all right, all right. I feel better now. I feel better. Okay. Deb, I feel better. I feel I'm good. Glad. I I'm glad. I needed some of that. I okay. Some of that. Right. It made me kind of want to go, woo! You know, the woo, you know the sound. You know it. Yeah, you know the, it. the one where it's time for me to leave. Yes. <laughs> Why would it be time for you to leave when you hear? Because something's about to go my, down and I don't want to be a part of it. Oh, I don't want to be a witness. You're, to you're, a, you're a graduate of the white barbecue now. Like, you, you have <laughs> you have total right. To, you can be around. You might even come give us a woo. Can I have a woo? There, what? Can I, there's no woo. There's no woo. I don't woo. What is the what is the what is the hold on what is the African American equivalent? I don't think there is one to the woo. There, there has to be. No, I don't think there's a woo. We're just like yeah. We're <laughs> like what? Well, I don't know. There's, but there's no yeah. Woo. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How about how about the. Uh. You know what is I mean? Do, do the, mm, mm. Is that the equivalent? Well, no, like when they're catching the beat to go into the right. I know what I know what you're doing. Is that the equivalent? <laughs> No, no one just randomly in the middle of you know, have a good time goes, uh. Like nobody does that. Like, what are you even talking about? I'm just wondering what the what the African American equivalent to. I, I don't think there is for real. I don't, no think, I don't think there's an equivalent to that level of enthusiasm. Mm. Mm. That's okay. just that's just y'all, I right, guess. Right. I don't know. Well, what did you th- what did you think of that track? How'd you how'd you feel about that? Man, I, I thought it was it was really cool. And you know, I'm not like steeped in in you know metal quite like that and rock but like but no i can actually get with that that's kind of cool well you know when it when it comes to music and we'll, we'll kind of shift gears right now we'll get back to the you know the the deb side of the program i've noticed something interesting about you and music recently oh boy so okay so basically the tie doesn't pay us right they, they, they just they pay us very little i mean they pay us we're paid but we don't get paid much right we get paid very little, you know what I'm saying? Alrighty. And so, you know, I, I can supplement this because, you know, I've got Southern Grit and yeah. we've got the events and we got the advertising and all that kind of stuff that I don't like doing either, but mm-hmm. I do it because I have to do it. Yeah. But you're you've been looking at little little part time gigage recently. I, I have, yeah. And and what, what I've noticed is that because of your background and the fact that you were like, you know, a boss out in Hampton running running the marketing for the city of Hampton. I was a boss everywhere. Well, every, I'm sorry, let's, I'm sorry. Let's not but, restrict it to But a- the thing that I found very interesting <laughs> is that yeah. by your own admission, you've been mm-hmm. in a lot in front of a lot of white boards recently, like boards of directors <laughs> for side side gigs where it's uh-huh. like white people. But here's the thing, you you know how when Deb gets ready for these uh these boards and these interviews for these these the side gig, mm-hmm. she's listening to like the most like black, you know, mm. pride, like you know, mm, mm, is, like just the, is, that, maybe that is what it is. <laughs> you know, you, so like go down the wow. list of it. Like anytime I'm around her in the morning and, and like I'm working on something or whatever, if I've stopped by, she's listening to like Remy Ma. <laughs> so you know, why'd I, you go and fillet that fish or like whatever you know, you like you know, you know. I, I do like Remy Ma. You know, well, it's it's, true. Uh, how does it go? How's it go? Is it going? 
Mmm. How's it? Tell me. I'm, oh my god. Tell me, I forgot how it goes. <laughs> mm, when the morning comes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, hook, yeah. these b- ain't humble enough. Yes, like, that's accurate. Just, they aren't. They're not humble. They, they're, you know? they're not fits. They're so not. If it's not that. It's like it's like Beyonce's <laughs> bow down, b- bow down. B-. Like you know, it's just like. I mean, you go down the line. It's just like the most like it's, we are. We are like I'm saying this is awesome. I uh-huh. find this awesome. I'm not okay. everybody out there. I'm not critiquing the that it's not awesome that Deb is a black woman enjoying <laughs> Beyonce's bow down. <laughs> flawless woke up flawless. Stepped out of the room flawless. Put on my coat flawless. Like that's awesome. But I find it funny because you get hyped up to the most like you know yeah. black centric like. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to talk to a bunch of white people. It's called, what is that like? It's called code switching. Is what that's called. Uh. Yeah, which you know I mean. But doesn't that make the job harder for you though? If you if you're all like. Uh, you know, I'm I'm awesome and I'm the the baddest. You know, but uh-huh. it's it was very like from the black perspective, and then you got to go in and like talk to like you know four old see, white southern guys. See, I don't even know if it's that necess- means the code switch is on like a thousand. Well, you, you, I'm, I'm you, very good at what I do, but I don't necessarily feel like it's coming from a. I, that's not racial for me. That's just that's confidence and self empowerment and being a woman. Like race doesn't really factor into that. Oh, those songs are those songs have a have a have a strong black black tilt. Well, I mean. Yeah, but they're not talking necessarily about being black. They're talking about being a woman, being strong and confident and cocky kind of thing. Mm, some of the songs you listen, I don't know if I agree with that. I hear you. Okay. I hear you. I mean, it's still there. Well, you- that's my motivating factor. Okay, so, gotcha, like, gotcha. My motivating factor isn't, oh, I'm going to turn on some, <laughs> some black music right now. It's mm. what is going to make me feel as confident and as sharp and as like, boss-like as gotcha. humanly possible. Gotcha. So yes, you just Beyonce like ironed out like a great observation and just threw it into the trash can for me. And ruined, <laughs> you just effectively ruined the whole bit. You know I, You know what? Well, that's why we should talk about these things ahead of time instead of you throwing stuff no, at I, me. No, well, I don't know. I think you're doing the PC thing right now. I think. Oh, oh, you, yes. you. Yeah, you. you're, not, you're not listening to like, you know, I don't, as much as you say you like her, it's not like you're going, mm, I got to get ready for this job. Put on that strike sand. Like, you're not doing that. Well, it's, like, a, it's a different thing. Like, she's not talking about being like, the baddest chick in the room necessarily but see, but, see, so. but, but see that's the thing it's not always those songs are not always and i'm not saying i think this is great and uh-huh. i'm not saying anything negative about this yeah but it's definitely like there is a black component to that well they're black women yeah and so talking about so being a flawless black woman like you know in a in a, in a lot of those all right i think so i, I think I mean, you're covering up a little bit but I, I i i appreciate your opinion as i uh, always do yeah, yeah, I my, my wide opinion about black music yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes i respect your opinion and your perspective um but yeah i do like feeling like a bad chick for sure yeah for sure uh, yeah. well speaking of speaking of bad chicks, it's kind of a sad thing yeah but you know a legend was lost what two days ago? Yeah, sadly, Aretha Franklin passed away a couple of days ago. So, and, and when that happened, you know, we, Deb and I started talking about, well, how are we going to cover the passing of a legend like that? Mm-hmm. And we should say that, you know, there is nobody's voice that even, you know, just one of kind voice that just shreds so many other voices. Just yeah. an amazing woman who broke down a lot of barriers, did a lot of really incredible things. But you have a story. I do. And I do. and uh, and I have heard the Aretha Franklin story, and we should say. Well, actually, I'll let you qualify, but this okay. is nothing negative. It's just Deb no. got put in a really <laughs> wild position with a wrinkle, Aretha Franklin and your boss at the time, yeah. Sheila Jackson Lee. Sheila, you remember the name? I'm probably 
You usually go, well, okay. Trying to get in the barbecue, Deb. Or, okay. I'm in the cookout, Deb. I'm trying to get in the cookout. You're already in the barbecue because of me, by the way. I took you to the barbecue. But don't, yeah, don't yeah. get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. <laughs> you got to tell them. And don't tell them the, the, real, the full story. All right, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Everybody ready? I'm ready, hopefully. Okay. All right, so um, so my Aretha Franklin, here we go. So um, actually, I guess I should backtrack a little bit and say off rip that I absolutely admire this woman, um, not necessarily because of the 18 Grammys or the first you know woman to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, of course, which is awesome. But like this story actually kind of, it just really personifies what living on your own terms means and like not really care what anybody else says if in putting yourself first in a lot of ways. And you're talking about how you were living at the time. Well, I'm talking about how she taught me that. Oh, okay. How she showed me that. Okay. So, um, so I worked on Capitol Hill um, right out of college. And so I worked for, as he said, Sheila Jackson Lee. And so one particular night, there was a concert on the mall. And uh, Aretha Franklin was performing. And my boss was scheduled to go on after Aretha Franklin. And so that meant that she could not leave to go back home. This is a Friday night. She couldn't leave until Aretha Franklin sang. And, uh, we should say that Sheila Jackson Lee, as you've described, was very demanding on you, too. Like, very you demanding. Challenge or hold up this, no, this woman or anything? No, like because she was she's a diva. Yeah, um, and true definition of the word. And so um, Deb was sandwiched in between two divas. But go ahead, I'll, go ahead. Go right, ahead. this was before I became a boss. Okay, like, this is this is way, this is pre-boss days. Anyway, so um, so Aretha Franklin is pretty much taking her sweet time in the trailer outside, and is just you know nowhere to be found. And so uh, my boss was like, "Well, you're going to need to go tell her to hurry up. I have a plane to catch, <laughs> and so you might want to go and, and tell, tell her Aretha, that. Tell Aretha Franklin, just, you, you know, need to hurry just, up. Just, you know, and I'm and my response was like. I'm sorry, what now? Like, <laughs> I don't, what? And so she's like, no, you need to go tell her. And, and that was the end of the story. And so, um, you know, how you tell the queen of soul, hey, listen, uh, <laughs> my boss is a player catch, but I can't say no, because that's my boss. I need my job. So anyway, so I go up to the trailer, I knock on the door and I go, hi, um, I work for Sheila Jackson Lee. She is supposed to speak after Miss Franklin, um, but she has, she's late for her flight and she's, <laughs> Uh, wondering if she's ready to go on stage or is there something I can do to speed <laughs> the process or and so this guy is like you know what and so then I hear a voice in the back going who's that and so the guy like relays the message you know and says oh there's this girl at the door that says that you need to hurry up and everybody on the van or on the trailer just like laughs like it's just like a laugh track here I'm just sitting there mortified and so then I hear Aretha Franklin say um, I want to Take a look at who's telling me I need to hurry up, and I was just Wait, like, hold on, hold on. At that moment, yeah. Tell me how you felt. Like, did you just? Like, I just wanted to go home. Was it a little just, bit? Of, was it a little bit of pee on the side? Of, like, what happened? A there? little. Like, there was, I was just like, I don't want to be here. I like, <laughs> why am I here? Oh my god! And so I'm just like, okay. So the guy tells me to come, you know, walk up the stairs. And so I get on the stairs and. I'm looking directly at Aretha Franklin. She goes, and who's your boss? And I'm like, yeah, so Sheila Jackson Lee, she's my boss. And she said, she looks at me and she's like, um, so you tell her that I'll go on while I'm getting ready. And I said, um, thank you so much. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, thank you. And like, I'm like run out of the trailer as quickly as humanly possible. And so I go back to SJL and she's like, well, well, is she going on? I was like, 
yeah, so she's wrapping up dinner and she's, you know, she's just going to be a moment, but it'll be fine. And she was like, I don't think you told her. And I was like, no, I did. But yeah, it, she's just eating. You know, she's got to eat. It takes a lot to sing. You know, you got to eat. And she's like, so you need to go back, basically. You need to tell her. <laughs> and I was just like, go back where? So here's the thing. When she what? goes, you got to go back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you just go, you know what? I think I might have to quit. Or you go... <laughs> I'm going to go back and tell the Queen of Soul for a second time. Listen, I need you to hurry up and finish eating real quick. <laughs> well, no, I mean, so like, I just, I, I just stood there for a second. So we're having this staring contest at this point. And I just kind of put my tail between my legs and walk out because I got to go back to the trailer. Like, don't what, is, what, what is like, going on in your head as you're walking back to the trailer? I can't say due to FCC rules. <laughs> like, I can't tell you what was actually going through my mind. Are you cussing out? Sheila Jackson yes, in your head, or are you absolutely. definitely afraid of what's going to happen? Both. And so I get to the trailer and I start pacing. As you know, I'm a pacer. You are pacing. So like, I'm just like pacing back in front of the trailer. I'm just like, well, maybe she'll walk out before I'm done with this pacing. I'm like, kill it, time. And of course, she does not come out. And so I knock on the trailer again. Oh, that must have been the most gentle <laughs> knock. It was like, it was like, ding, ding, ding. Oh my God. And the same guy opens the door. And uh, he looks back, you know, towards the back of the trailer and goes, she's back. And I was just like, um, hey. And so I hear Aretha Franklin go, is that that little brown girl? Is that what I was? I was just like, wait, 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 wait. What did she say? Is that that little brown girl? Is she back? And I was just like, yeah. Um, oh, my God. What is the, wait, wait, wait. After yeah. she said that, what did did, she, did you have to talk? What happened? Yeah, so I go back in the trailer, and I'm like, oh hey. Uh, and she goes, do you want something to eat? Are you hungry? And <laughs> like, I was just what like, was Aretha eating? There was... <laughs> there was potato salad. I remember the potato salad because mm. I remember looking at it. Mm. And there was like some sort of meat. I think it was like roast beef, I think. Big trailer, nice trailer? Beautiful trailer. Because she doesn't like to fly much like you. And so, so she has, a, it was a beautiful trailer like with a kitchen and a tailor at uh, table and that whole yeah. thing. So, so, she, so she says, can I, would she, you like something to eat? Yeah, because I'm sure I looked stressed out. Like I'm sure I looked panicked and, and pale and all of that and so i was like uh no ma'am did you <laughs> ask her again and and so the, we're just silent because i'm trying to figure out the words to say <laughs> how do i tell this woman? and so she goes you know what i'll be out soon um but i get it. we all have a job to do but i'm coming out and i said Oof. and i said thank you so much <laughs> and then get the hell out of here <laughs> i did and i like walk out and so like two minutes later she comes out and she goes on stage and and you know did she kill it? Um, I, I don't know because yeah, I, I was having like an asthma attack in the, <laughs> in the corner, just like, oh my God. Um, and so, you know, SJL didn't miss her plane. And so the, that's, my, that's my story. But, like, but, you know, what the other thing that I really admired about, um, about Aretha Franklin was something else that is completely unrelated to the story, um, which is, you know, she used her talent and her money to really help with activism. And so, for example, she was willing to pay for Angela Davis's bond, who was a member of the Black Panther Party. And she has a really great quote that says, Angela Davis must go free. Black people will be free. I've been locked up for disturbing the peace in Detroit, and I know you got to disturb the peace when you can't get no peace. Jail is hell to be in. I'm going to see her free if there's any justice in our courts, not because I believe in communism, but because she's a black woman and she wants freedom for black people. I have the money. I got it from black people. They've made me financially able to, to have it, and I want to use it in ways that will help our people. And so she has my respect from... 
from that day to, to eternity because I, I just think that's wonderful. So rest in peace, Aretha. And on that note, we will be right back. Ready to get cooking? The Culinary Institute of Virginia's accelerated program means you can earn a bachelor's degree in just two and a half years or an associate's degree in only 15 months. At CIV, you don't just read, listen, and watch. You learn by doing. And from day one, Culinary Institute of Virginia students are taught more than just the science of cooking, but also the economics of running a successful kitchen operation. Culinary Institute of Virginia at ECPI University. Learn more at Chef va.com At the crack of dawn, Kevin Jameson and his team are out picking tomatoes at New Earth Farm in Pungo. By noon, they're slicing them up at Commune to put on sandwiches made with homemade breads and to make tomato sauce for the next season. For Jameson and his team, farm-to-table isn't some fad, it's life. Kevin owns Commune and New Earth Farm, and the team knows your lunch from seed to service. Sure, it's next-level farm-to-table. Commune means local. It means sustainable. It means no lemons because lemons don't grow here. It means changing the menu to match the harvest. So when a farmer from Pungo tells Kevin the tomato harvest this year is the best in a decade, you You'd better believe a tomato gazpacho gets on the menu. It means treating the ingredients and the earth with respect. It means knowing their suppliers from the farmers to the fishermen. Farm to table at Commune means real food. They're over 90% local and working every day towards a 100% guarantee. Commune in the Vibe District in Virginia Beach. And now in the Neon District in Norfolk. And online at communeva.com. Eat real food. So, Deb, we're back. Mm-hmm. And before Mammoth Black is ready to come on after this segment, I just wanted to share this little thing I've noticed. Mm-hmm. So, we're working on a lot of video recently. We got this kind of video thing we're working on, this little, uh, I don't know, 30-minute thing we're going to do. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give too much away about it. But something has been bothering me. We're looking at the reels that we shot. Mm-hmm. And man, like my face has held up okay over the years. Like <laughs> I truly have. Like my, I'm happy with my face. Okay. You know, like okay. proportionate. Yeah. These beautiful baby blues. Nick, Nick, <laughs> how do I look? Am I not beautiful, Nick? <laughs> See, Nick just shook his head. Yes, I'm. I'm absolutely. What do, what do you think? What do you think, Dan? Beautiful. Look at these, look I, at these I baby blues. The little brown spot. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say beautiful. I mean, you're an authority figure on this. You 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 tend to like you know people of my complexion. Like, how, oh wow, you know what I'm saying? Wow, like, don't I, wow. Do how do I, I stand up? <laughs> how do I stand up amongst your uh, your your preferences? Like, am I? How do how do I stack? Am I good? You're all right. But here's the thing: as beautiful as my face is, mm, mm-hmm. my body is torn up. I'm mm. like I'm just this fat dude with this beautiful face. I'm like that walking crappy male thing about the whole butter face, but the body's hot. Which, by the way, <laughs> Wait, makes what? you know like like oh that girl's busted in the face, but look at that ass kind of thing. But that oh, does, oh, but okay. it, but here's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. I've never understood that like that someone could be attracted to someone's body. Like I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm I like to refer to myself as a facist. Like <laughs> because honestly, what are you interacting with all the time? You're interacting with somebody's face. Well, yeah. I mean, there's other parts of the body depending on your sexual prowess. You might be interacting with for five, ten, if you're good, 15, 20 minutes. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So, anyway, but like, you know, but but ultimately that whether that's like 15 minutes of pleasure, you know, 30 minutes if you're really good, like you're gonna be dealing with someone's face like sure. all day. Yeah. And there's some punchable things that can happen from the face too. But anyways, oh my here is the thing. <laughs> if I'm not attracted to somebody's face, yeah, I can't it, it can't work for me. 
That make okay. You I know? think that's most people. You know, and Mostly. so I don't. I see. I don't think that is most people. I think are they of, putting paper well, bags you know, on people's faces? Well, like, there's, what are they well, think about it. There's been like songs about it, you know. She's got legs. You know, so there's like legs. You know what I mean? That was pretty good, by wow. the way. Wow. Like, <laughs> She's got legs. Hold on. She knows how to oh, use. See, them. you should have stopped at the first phrase. You know, I know the first one's better. The second one. I got. I sounded like Jesse on the crappy floor. I thought you were garlic. Yeah, it was, it was uh, yarling. Yes, it was really bad. <laughs> but anyways, like, you know, so we talked about this last episode. We were like, you know, how is Josh still getting ass despite being fatter than ever? And I think it's because my face is defying everything and going, no. Defying gravity? <laughs> I'm not singing that. We'll have to talk about that. we got to talk about everything. But no, I mean, what do you think? What do you think? That you're about your face holding up? It's holding up, up right? It's holding up. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's not a lot of melanin, so I, so I understand. For it's that. still holding up. I'm that saying shows that this you. is, you know, a little maybe extraordinary, because mm. you know how y'all you are. You heard but. it there, right there. Deb said Fitz has an extraordinary face. <laughs> no, that's not why I said This is why. No, that's not why I said it. Why no, why I said it. That. This it's is why. It's extraordinary that things have held up for you, because mm. usually it falls apart after about, you know, 30. This, so, and this, and here's the thing. It is my face that has made it where the ladies still want their fits fixed. Okay, on that note, oh my God. we will be right back <laughs> with a band I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, Mammoth Black. We'll be right back, guys. When you want to celebrate the entire experience of dining, not just the food, but conversation, setting, the feel, you start by choosing the right spot. A classic 1920s building, an era when style was never sacrificed. A part of town with some character. I mean, a little gritty, up and coming, like a boxer who's finally ready to take the prize. 17th Street in the Vibe District, not far from the beach. Some green space where you can grow food and put your money where your mouth is when you talk about truly locally sourced ingredients. A craft beer selection so diverse that even beer snobs don't know where to begin. And when you say an inspired menu, you better mean it. Octopus tacos, bacon sliders, beef and burrata salad, house-made noodles. This is a place you want to go, right? That's Esoteric Restaurant. All the ingredients to celebrate not just food, but the dining experience. You bring the good conversation, Esoteric Restaurant will do the rest. Esoteric, in the Vibe District at 17th and the Boulevard. EsotericVB.com That was a delicious dinner, except... It didn't cost enough. Exactly. Those flowers are gorgeous. Are you sure? I didn't pay full price. Well, when you put it that way, I guess they are kind of ugly. Don't turn down the best deal in town. Shop the Save 30 store at Save30.com. Save 30% on gift certificates to local shops, restaurants, and services. Shop local, save local at Save30.com. Hey everybody, we are back and I am here with Brett Lloyd and Ross Becker of Mammoth Black. How are you guys doing? Thanks for joining us. Good, thanks doing, for having us, man. Doing so, great. So, uh, I had to have you guys on because when I think of metal, working out of Hampton Roads, when I think of Southern Metal, you guys are kind of at the top of the list. Uh, tell me, how, how long have you guys been around as a band? How did it get started? Um, I, well, we kind of grouped everybody together uh, about four years ago. Mm. Uh, basically, as a side project, um, I was with my mainstay is Pillbuster and mm-hmm. uh but I've known Ross since we were 12 years old and and um you know we're always been good friends and asked if he uh, wanted to start a side project so uh we did Mammoth Black as a side project and uh now we're doing it as a uh, full project mm-hmm. so it's uh, pretty cool when did you guys release the first album in 2014 what's the name of the first album 
think it was self death is not ashamed death is not ashamed that's right where can people listen to that by the way if they haven't gotten into you guys yet oh uh, well i mean you can i think it's on uh, spotify you can definitely definitely download it off cd baby you can get it on itunes on itunes pretty uh, much all social all, media yeah what are some of your guys influences in terms of what you guys listen to take in and then spit it back out in your own way for me as a guitar player i mean one of my main influences for this band because i was trying to create a certain sound definitely would say black sabbath as far as a foundation mm-hmm. but i mean i just like all kinds of music and i just i wanted to create it something that reflect what we were into mm-hmm. but was also new at the same time we definitely like to uh diverse ourselves away from other bands mm-hmm. but still fit into somewhat of a genre of music yeah yeah no i don't think it's like easily you know categorizable or anything it's not it's definitely not something that, that you can just put into a box there's a lot of different influences you guys recently opened up for uh, cky right yes sir yes where was that at again that was at shaka's down at the beach that's right that's right and you guys got a big show coming up with asg soon too as yeah well, that's right? in uh outer banks yep and that's uh where, what's that place the portico or is it something else now i think Secret something secret. Yeah, I think secret. they changed it. It used to be the Porter Call. It's it's still pretty much known as the Porter Call, but it does have a new name now. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I know that uh, for me, that's been kind of following you for a while, Brett. That both Pillbuster now Mammoth Black, like the the lyrics are like a big part of what you do. Uh, t- talk to me a little bit about that. Like when you're attacking a song lyrically, like is it? Are you do you already have things written and then you fit them to the track, or do you hear the track and then you're inspired and then write to the music? Um, everything is uh, ad lib. So, I mean, uh, basically, when we did the lyrics for the first album, I wrote 80% of the lyrics while we were in the studio. Oh, so you like um, and Michael stiped it then. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of different uh, <laughs> inspirations. You know, it's funny. I don't even really like a lot of heavy music. Um, mm. You know, I listen to a lot of uh, Iron and Wine and Elliot Smith and, mm. and uh, you know, different things like that. I'm, I'm really into, uh, I love uh, Henry Rollins, of course. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm a writer in my own sense, and uh, I don't know, lyrics just kind of come easy. It just kind of fits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably guilty for the uh, the uh, metal aspect okay. in there. <laughs> All right, Ross. Yeah. When Brett originally came to me, I knew he was looking for a certain sound, mm-hmm. and I've been in multiple bands over the years, and I really wanted to create a foundation that I believed in and I felt was a solid sound, but fit what Brett was going for and mm-hmm. something that complemented his vocal Um Brett has a really strong, powerful vocal tone, and uh, it it takes a wall of sound to uh, back that up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, definitely one of the one of the loudest. I'd say almost probably a, a prolific in, in terms of your body of work. Uh, we talked a second ago about the the second album coming out after the first one. When when do you guys think that's coming out? Do you got any tentative names for it? What what should people su- suspect from that? I don't have a name for it yet. Um, I think I would say by the uh, by the end of the year. Uh, of course, I think we're. We're gonna do it ourselves this time. Uh, last time we uh, went down to uh, Raleigh and recorded with uh, Dick Hodgen. Mm. Um but uh, I think we're gonna do it ourselves. Uh, we got John, uh, who's our you know added guitar player. Mm. Uh, he's new with us, and then uh, also uh, Chris uh, Kernstock uh, that was with Pillbuster. Uh, he's uh, our added bass player. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, of course we have Corbett on drums, yeah. uh, who's you know wonderful on drums and and yeah. uh, really sets a solid background there what's the uh what's kind of one of your highlights around i mean you guys are working out of hampton roads you guys kind of for a while there you know as much as you guys are working with fm99 some other outfits you were kind of leading the charge in terms of you know heavy music around the area like what uh 
What's kind of some of the best like show memories you guys could share with people that go out and see a lot of shows in Hampton? Is anything kind of wild happen that uh, or memorable that you can think of? Uh, Let me put them on the spot. I mean, I look forward to every show, (laughs) but at this point, we're at a point with the band where we're trying to grow the show. So, you know, we just play with CKY. We're going to play with ASG. We just want to keep bringing the shows bigger and bigger and better and better and more national acts and just trying to get our name out there. And uh, I don't I don't I'm not trying to get our name out there. Um, You know, I, I do this for the fun of it. I don't care if people um make it popular or anything else like that i'm not really about that i do it kind of for uh just the artistic thing of it uh yeah. if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't i'm, I'm cool at the end of the day mm-hmm. um but as far as hampton roads I, I don't think we play for the shows we, we like playing the shows mm-hmm. but also like trying to create a community of heavy music again we don't have that here uh we used to have it um i don't think that we have it anymore Mm. um so i mean i would like to see that kind of grow a little bit uh especially with different venues um you know we you know a lot of the bands in this area are into this uh pay-to-play um where they're selling you know a a bunch of tickets trying to you know book a show for a venue Mm -hmm. um which makes it which makes it obsolete that the producer or the uh the uh, the the guy that's running the show uh, is not really doing his job. It puts the onus on the band, basically. So well, yeah. Well, I mean, really you, you get shit. a lot of promoters from out of town that are trying to, you know, come into this area. Um, yeah. You know, I had a promoter get pissed off at me because I, I didn't want to do a show because you know he wanted us to sell fifty tickets, and I'm like, buddy, fuck you. I'm not. I'm not here to sell. I'm not a ticket. Bitch. That's his job. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, yeah, exactly. You promote the show. Yep. You're the, if you're you're the venue. Promote the show. I'll help you promote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll help you get people in there. You know, that's our thing. And, you know, I don't want to sit there and play in front of, uh, you know, 10 people. But, um, you know, as far as, you know, having bands carry the weight of the world as far as promoting your show, I think that's bullshit. Yeah, I agree. agree. It's very one-sided now. Like, as a band, yes, we are going to bring our fan base. We are going to do the best to bring the people we can to a show. But Brett is definitely right. It's... They expect you to do everything, and really, it's it's your club. You're supposed to pack that club. You're supposed to have a name for that club. It's a, it's a group effort Agreed. between us and the promoter and the club. Yep. And that's that's definitely we've lost sight of that probably now, over the last probably five or six years. And now. and, the, and the, the main problem is is that you know I don't mind selling helping you know a venue sell some tickets for a show. Mm. I don't mind that, but for the bands that are booking a show only off the basis of you have to sell tickets mm-hmm. just i would take a step back and realize you know why why are you doing music you know what i mean um yeah i don't know no no i agree uh i definitely i mean i'm not really into this but as somebody who also used to book shows i definitely uh agree with you on that um you guys were telling me also you have a, a show coming up at uh back bay Yes. Let me just tell you, Back Bay has turned into a, a nice little place to, to, to book a show. Um, it holds about 100 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun. Uh, it's painless. And uh, it's a cool room. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I think every show we've played there I has agree. been just um, just packed to the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, and they're really straightforward. They're, like, they're very straightforward they're as far like, as booking. Here's what we're going to give you. You know, you get these bands to play, and you have your show up there, and... So I've I've enjoyed it. It's always packed. I mean, we're always fire code in that place. <laughs> and when it, when is that show again? That's on the eighth of September, eighth of September. which is Ross's, birthday. which is my birthday. Okay. So it's my birthday bash. <laughs> all so right, all right, all right. if you're my friend, please come. <laughs> 
Well, as a, as a guy who's definitely listened to what these guys have been up to for a long time, I definitely recommend going to that show. Again, you can check out more on Mammoth Black on both Facebook and on Reverb Nation. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yep. They say not to take your work home with you, but when you're a renowned chef and your home has a vegetable garden, it's tough not to let the two mix a little. At Cobalt Grill and Hilltop, executive chef Alvin Williams is constantly on the hunt for the freshest, most local ingredients. From local fishermen to local farmers to his own backyard, from chicken penne and a champagne cream to a half rack of lamb, Chef Alvin handpicks the menu and sometimes even the ingredients. Learn more and stop into Cobalt Grill today in Hilltop and online at cobaltgrill.com. You look great. Have you been working out? I sure have, and I saved 30% at the gym. I guess you don't look as good as I thought. Let's get some gourmet chocolate. And let's save 30% while we're at it. On second thought, let's get some old potatoes instead. Don't turn down the best deal in town. Shop the Save 30 store at save30.com. Save 30% on gift certificates to local shops, restaurants, and services. Shop local, save local at save30.com. Hey guys, we are back. We are completely out of time. So I'm Deb. And I'm Fitz. Bye! <laughs> Grit with Deb and Fitz is produced by Southern Grit Media. Engineered by Nick Bardaro. Intro music provided by Saltine. Saltine is online at facebook.com slash saltine757. The opinions made on this show do not reflect the opinions of 102.1 The Tide.